This is High School Not So Much a Musical, a podcast that takes you on a ride through the peaks and valleys of a high school journey. Here are your presenters, Nitin Jaladanki and Ayush Agarwal. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of High School Not So Much a Musical. Today we are joined by Kunal Kapila, who is a senior uh, at a Michigan high school and he is a youth entrepreneur who is a co-founder at Comet Drones. So Kunal, if you could just tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, where you're located, um, how's school going? I know you're seniors, so if you want to talk a little bit about your college apps, where you're planning on applying to, uh, what you're trying to major in, etc., that'd be great. Yeah, totally. So um, I go to Northville High School, uh, which is, um, uh, as I used to say, a high school in Michigan. Um, yeah, and I just started my senior year, which has been pretty nice, honestly, compared to junior year. Um, the only real stressor was college apps, which I, I just finished like the ED and EA round. Um, I applied to like most schools that like I planned on applying to like a few years ago, um, which were which was UPenn, uh, Michigan, and then um, other like in-state safety schools. Um, and then I'm a- planning on applying to more schools in the RD round. Um, but yeah. Okay, so you just talked about UPenn, and I'm a big, big fan of UPenn as well, Kunal. So could you talk to us a little bit about how you decided to, like, you? can you discuss a little bit about your major and what the specific majors that you picked within your schools were? Because there's obviously a lot of different majors, like there's just general business, but then also probably did a minor in something. So before we get to the actual part about Comet, can you just talk a little bit about your college applications, how they went, the whole process of it and stuff like that, because we have had like a college counselor talk about how to write essays and everything like that. So if we could have your experience on it, since you just finished the EDEA round, that'd be great. Yeah, totally. So um, I'll just start out with like uh, choosing schools first. So most of my schools I plan on applying uh, to like since like seventh or eighth grade. Like I've had um, a lot of these schools at my mind um, for many years now. Um, only like a couple of them I, I found to be, um, you know, like analogous to like what I want to do um, in the past like year or a couple months or so. Um, but my major specifically, um, I'm doing business with um, a side concentration in sustainability. Um, so at Michigan, I feel like they have the most, um, you know, close thing to what I'm doing in their Herb Institute, which is sort of just a uh, business school, Ross Business School and sustainability dual degree, um, where you again pursue the the um, crossroads between sustainability and business um upenn i sort of have it's another one of those schools i've had in my mind for a long long time um, i'm sure many people kind of can relate to that um it's like a lot of people's dream schools um for my major there i i don't recall exactly what it was but it was the one um that concentrated in finance um i think my future what it holds for me is something in possibly investment banking or private equity um, I know a lot of these banks, a lot of these big banks now have like sustainability niches in their banks. So um, possibly pursuing something in that department. Um, but yeah. Okay, perfect. So now that we've kind of covered your college applications and where you want to go, could you talk? So Kunal and I were both um, co-founders of Common and there's two other people who we started with. So Kunal, could you talk to us a little bit about Quarter Zero, how you thought that, the, uh, describe what Quarter Zero is for the listeners because they obviously don't know how the process was and how we initiated our first pivot from the first idea that we had was like the stock market thing to our final idea, which was Comet. Yeah, yeah, totally. So um, initially Comet, uh, not Comet Drones, um, Quarter Zero, uh, we found as a, a program uh, similar to ones that like LaunchX or 
some like these incubator programs um and i think nitin and a couple other people and i were like randomly selected or something as part of a team or we chose each other i i totally don't remember that part um but we had like multiple ideation sessions in like the very very early uh stages of it uh where we came up with like a financial news application that tried to make um finance more approachable or easier to consume by um, younger audiences or audiences that are not so like attached to the finance world. Um, so after we tried to like bet that out for like a little bit, we realized that the idea was, you know, in a market that was way too saturated um, and way too difficult to like hit um, because there are websites like Investopedia, um, apps like Robinhood, um, and you know, other platforms that already hit this market um, very well. So we realized that we, we needed to get something different. So this was sort of like our low point in quarter zero because we really didn't know what to do um but we contacted the the main person the counselor um uh his name i i forgot but i'm pretty sure nitin will remember it um but we we did like ideation sessions for like an hour or so just purely just throwing out ideas like no like relentlessly just throwing out ideas anything that was at the top of our head um top of our heads we would just throw out there uh no matter its uh, obscurity so um with that we came up with uh comma drones we didn't name it comma drones at the time but we thought of um a platform that could uh educate people uh specifically younger people um on the importance of drones in the stem market so um originally you had this news idea and you said that it was too saturated so you're going to pivot to a new idea so then you created comma drones obviously that wasn't the name at the time but how did you know that this final idea was going to be possible to execute uh yeah totally so um it was Josh. His name I remember is Josh. So we we talked to him a lot, and he he sort of gave us that little push in this idea that like okay, I think this idea um, is the best out of this litany of of um, ideas you just threw out to me. And with that, we kind of went on like a little research uh, journey, looking at like. Um, if other companies hit this market, um, if there were already existing uh, competitors in this field, and we found very little of those um, hitting this exact like target market that we really wanted to touch on. Um, and on top of that, um, we contacted uh, a couple of industry professionals, um, one of them being in the military uh, and the other hosting a drone website um, blog of sorts. Um, and they also sort of confirmed um of our, our idea being uh, valid or, or usable in this field um and with that we sort of um okay we're like okay this this works we know it works um and we sort of did that uh, big push on it something you said that i found interesting was uh the extent to which you all did the market research in order to determine the, what competitors you already had existing in this field because uh on any sort of entrepreneurial show like shark tank uh, they always want you to make sure that you're analyzing the market. And one of the previous uh, entrepreneurs we spoke to um, uh, who founded Produce Locator, she also talked about the importance of uh, market research to the point where you can't just you can't do enough of it because it's so important to know what the market in which, in which you are targeting to launch your product and looks like. So can you talk a little bit more about how uh, you, Nathan, and everyone else approached that research and how you all like, um, you know, looked at the current companies in the drone field and how they specifically weren't targeting to, uh, to the youth. Yeah, for sure. So, um, I agree with that. Like market research, you can never do enough of it because it, it sort of, it sort of shows where you are in, 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 you know, what you're doing. So 
how we went about it, um, we had like sort of our, our tagline or of sorts or a mission statement or a thesis, I would say, of what um, Comet Drones was going to be. Um, and we kind of just searched around uh, using that thesis. So um, we found multiple websites that, of course, had drone education, like that has to exist. Um, but we noticed that, okay, this is for a completely different like uh, market, like military stuff or um, uh, regulation stuff or government-based stuff. Um, and then the STEM education stuff we found, um, again, did not uh, encapsulate drones within it. It was more... Um, like just other stem related based things um but we found one like confirming factor uh in our market research which was the msu drone education thing so i i don't remember exactly what it was but it was sort of a a youth education uh stem program with drones um at michigan state university um and we noticed that you know it was doing well it existed um but it didn't really like hit the exact like specific niche that we were going for um and with that we kind of progressed with it but yeah um with market research you just have what we did we, we just looked up everything like okay drone education um stem education uh, again the thesis um and we searched around you know all the links all the sublinks, everything that existed um all the images anything that we could come by that could either confirm or you know deny um our thesis or and, and you know, help us progress and, and generate more ideas so the next question they had was like fast tracking a little bit when we did pitch our idea we did receive venture capitalist funding from it from the 1517 fund so Kanal, could you tell me a little about what you think helped comet stand out among all the other people that were pitching because quarter zero had like a group of i believe 50 students from across the world and within those 50 students there were around six or seven companies uh, startups in total and they ranged from having um sustainable clothes there was one about getting sustainable food there's a lot of different ideas that came across but what do you think helped comet stand out the most and help to secure the funding and if you could talk a little bit about um the funding that we received and anything like that that would be great yeah totally so um i think what stuck us out of the pack was um the the uniqueness that was comet drones um like when we pitched it you could see the the investors faces like you could see a glow um a couple of them were very very surprised and very very interested with uh the thesis and the topic in general um and i think um the conviction of which we presented comet drones um also benefited us in that sense um we presented it in a way that was that made it look very very unique and you know it is very unique um what we presented uh is not you know super existent in the market right now uh, and I think that's what really, really pushed the investors and the judges to um, to favor us over other companies. Um, and there was a second part of your question. What was that again? Yeah. So the second part of my question was, um, how do you think that we were able, what do you think helped us stand out the most, like more specifically, because all the other people also had really interesting ideas. And so what I'm basically asking is, what do you think was within our presentation or within the way that we were answering our questions that helped us stand out? And with the money that we did get, could you talk a little bit about what we could use it for, what we did use it for, everything like that? Yeah, totally. So um, I think we we kind of took a step ahead compared to everyone else by um, a contacting you know industry professionals. Um, the market research we did was very, very in-depth and, and uh, to the point. Um, the way of which we presented it, you know, was very unique. Um, and, you know, our website and everything culminated, the Instagram account, 
all the sort of social media outreach we did sort of culminated into one like bigger you know backing into a very very unique idea um and i think that's what really pushed the the investors over hedge for us um and with the money we received from the 1517 fund um what we could do with it um again with comet drones there's a lot of sourcing uh stuff that has to go along you know the back lines um it could go into there what we did do with it we did it to maintain our website um and the domain costs um and i think you know we could do some advertising things with it there are multiple things you could do with that uh the investing money um but yeah the main thing that really pushed the investors over hedge uh with us i think um was the amount of stuff and things we got you know to really push this unique idea um you know i think validate it is a good word um you know we got all the market research we got all the professionally uh the, prof the industry professionals um and you know we sort of vetted it to a point that um it was it was you know very 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 much so uh legitimized uh comparatively speaking especially so you said that your presentation was unique in a certain way and i know right now nidin is on a shark tank binge and in like marketing uh your pitch or your presentation is about like 90 percent of trying to get in um, investors intrigued so how do you think your personal skills affected the outcome of like your various interviews and do you think you grew in in like in personal terms such as social awareness empathy and emotional intelligence while working on this project and you can answer this question and so can Nin because Nin worked along with you yeah for sure so i'll tackle the second part of your question first so um social empathy you know social awareness empathy um all those kind of things uh i i learned so much um when it came to comet drones uh just by essence of working in a team in a competitive environment um especially from people you have never seen or ever talked to before um you know you had to learn um you know you had to learn their ways the ways that they learn um everything and um there are a couple like anecdotes i have of that so um, when we were when we were working on Comet drones and before that we had like a bunch of feedback loops just to like gauge like where we were and I thought those are very very helpful um, you know seeing what everyone thought of uh, each other's work and what we could improve on um, in a very you know calm and uh, professional way um, that was made for each other's learning uh, I, I learned a lot about that and I still use feedback loops today um, in the stuff that I manage and, and the things that I do because I think that they're just so helpful um, in you know learning about people in your team um, um, and and growing as a collective whole. So adding on to Kunal, more about like the personal skills that we used when it came to like the interviews and growing as people within it. Um, in the end, we were just a group of four random high schoolers that we, as Kunal said, we've never met each other. We barely know anything about each other, but we all had the common goal of helping this business idea succeed. We all knew that we had this entrepreneurial spirit within us, and we all knew that we wanted to take this idea to fruition. What the other teams did that um, we took even further and the other teams that didn't do was that we truly wanted to act as if this wasn't an incubator. The end goal wasn't to pitch to VCs, but the end goal was to actually have our product come to the fruit, come to the uh, total market and actually have our product on the shelves wherever a hobby shops or online or whatever you see. So the personal skills that we had to really use was this idea of reaching out to whoever we needed to without the shame of getting no's, without getting yeses. We just need to get the where we need and it doesn't matter how hard we have to work for it. So one of the things that we did was when we wanted to validate our idea, we knew that there was a need for it. But who will listen to you more? A group of 15 year olds who are from random places 
or a person who has already established themselves within the drone industry, which is why we reached out. We reached out to Patrick Egan. So he was the one that Kanal was talking about, who worked in the military and such. So when we talked to Patrick Egan, um, we were on a phone interview with him, and the way that we phrased it was, "Could you talk about?" Some of the problems, and I'm quoting what he said. He says, "Drones are super difficult for teens to understand, which acts as a barrier to get into the growing drone industry." So I identified two key components. The first was that it's difficult for teens to get into, and second, it's a growing industry which needs more people to keep to keep competitive, right? And then what we asked him next was, "What helps us stand out?" So we talked about how it had an affordable price point, creation of a course, and it was a unique approach. So, in terms of personal skills, the way that you need to approach a business for any young entrepreneur listening out there, you need to have that idea of people are going to reject you flat out, and that you cannot take that to heart because you're nobody when you're starting out your business. You're just another person who's trying to make the dream come true of becoming an entrepreneur. So, you need to have that idea of failure is just a is just a part of a journey to success, and even success is not the end destination. It's sort of like A milestone for you to reach because success is not. There's no definition of success, and you will only become the definition of success because you need to make yourself the definition of a success. So make sure you have those personal skills of always pushing yourself to never take failure to heart and to keep working on it. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, the most was to not be scared when approaching other people, um, and and approaching you know people uh, you know industry professionals per se. Um, if we had stayed, you know, afraid and, and feared rejection, uh, we would have never gotten their testimonies on our um, on our idea. We would have never gotten their opinions. Um, and frankly, I don't even know if if Comet Drones would have uh, succeeded in that pitch deck. Yeah, definitely. I think, especially when you're just starting off and you're nobody, if you don't have the courage to like go out and get rejected, like contact. a hundred people and only have one response then there's no way you're going to succeed because you need to build those initial partnerships you need to build that additional foundation uh, or sorry you need to build that fundamental like foundation and get yourself out there before you're able to um actually succeed with your startup which is why i'm pretty sure there's some statistics like 80% of startups fail or whatever what i want to ask is when you have the concept of failing then retrying failing and retrying obviously that process can take a long time so i'm sure you all had some initial failures and through those failures you were able to come back up and ultimately succeed so can you all talk a little bit about number 1 how long did this whole startup process take obviously you are all are still a startup but establishing those addition like those fundamental um websites marketing your business plan etc how long did that stuff take and also how long did it take for you to become legitimately known at least a little bit in the real world through the partnerships you were able to create um with the man who was in the military and who then uh, went on to found his own drone company etc Yeah totally. So the startup process um I think it's a never ending thing. Um but gaining the the fundamental basis of a startup uh for us I would say took like you know I think a couple months with you know 
nonstop work during the week. Um, you know, when it came to <clears throat> creating the website, uh, creating the Instagram account, um, doing working out the multiple uh, documents, and and just thinking of of, of various uh, variables, um, it took a it took a long while, um, to say the least. And um, getting known in the real world. Um, <clears throat> When it came to uh, approaching those industry professionals, um, and and you know, I think we got written about a couple times um, by Patrick Egan um, and by, on Drone Life, um, on Drone Life, yeah, by by someone. Um, the amount of time it took to get that um, was, I think, it was in that um, you know beginning beginning phase of of, of the startup. Um, that just came from communicating um, and not you know fearing rejection. Um, yeah. So just if I can add on to that, the problem with fail, the problem with an incubator is that you have very little time to kind of come up with your idea. So the incubator started in the middle of June and end on and went till like the end of July. And when we first started with the incubator, we were just thinking of problems. And when we we're thinking of those problems, the first thing that we had to do, if I can go a little bit into the ideation itself, we would just list out problems for 30 seconds and not 30 seconds for a minute. And there was no point in saying no. We would say yes and. So somebody would give out a problem that they had and it would say yes and. Because the thing is that is that when you start listing out the problems and you're not directly commenting on them first, there's a way to draw distinctions between them. And that's how you actually create come up with a viable idea. Because if you want to go out and say, I want to fix global warming, that's the common example that I use. I want to fix global warming and climate change. You can't fix that with just one idea. So if you keep going with yes and, yes and, yes and, you eventually get to a very simple idea that you can actually execute on. So Kunala can also vouch for me on this, but when we were doing our ideation session, when we knew that we had to pivot because the stock market and the st investing app didn't work, we kept on, we started with the main idea of drones are difficult to use and nobody has an idea for how drones work. And then the other person we were working with, they said, yes, and I tried building a drone once. I didn't know how to build it, I didn't know how to code it, and I struggled for months. And once it keeps going on like that, the startup the process can take months. But for us, we were pushed on into fixing everything into one and a half months, which was something that we were really grateful for because procrastination is always there because you can always keep telling yourself, I'm going to do this later, I'm going to do this later. But within that one and a half months, we created a YouTube channel. We put out like seven or eight videos, which got hundreds of views. We got published in a few drone articles. We conducted interviews. So having that um, like work ethic of getting everything done within a small period of time helps you realize exactly what you need to work on. So Kanali, anything else that you wanted to add? Um, no, I think you hit that totally well. Um, you know, the we were thrown into like a little bit of a, a, a wrench because um, we had to do it in a much you know quicker time scan. Um, especially because we pivoted off that stock idea um, a little later uh, compared to the other people who pivoted, um, so we had to we had to work especially hard during those weeks, um, hours wise, and um, yeah, with all that came you know getting published, working on the Instagram account, working on the website, um, and you know fleshing out all those fundamental things that you know make a startup a startup. So in quarter zero, you said that you were paired with um, four or I don't know how many people it was, but it was basically you were in a team with people from all across like the nation and you never really knew them. Well, except for Nitin now. But um, do you think being in a team helped you like create the startup and were you more efficient with it? Or was it like sort of like 
bad for you because like you never knew these people and you guys maybe weren't on the same census? Um, I think being in a team was the probably the best thing to happen because with a team comes, um, you know, various perspectives um, from their backgrounds um, and various ideas um, and, you know, various, you know, ways of working um, that I would have never thought of beforehand. And uh, if it were a solo thing, I would have never been able uh, to come up with the thesis of Comet Drones. Um, and, you know, since it was in a team, uh, we were all able to, you know, kind of critique the, the thesis and, and build it into something that was, uh, you know, more, more you know, workable. Um, but yeah, you know, being in a team was, was um, the best thing to happen. Um, <clears throat> in the beginning, uh, you know, it being a team was a little complicated. Um, of course, that, that is to come, especially if you don't know them, you've never seen them before. Um, you don't know how they work. You don't know their personality type. Um, so it was a little bit difficult in the beginning, um, but with, you know, the feedback loops um, and just, you know, from the essence of just working together for a long period of time, um, it grew into something that was, you know, more than a team um, and, and, you know, you know, personal friendships and personal relationships um, that sort of, you know, eclipse and pass um, the essence of work and more into personal relationships. But yeah, um, it being a team was definitely um, helpful. Um, and it, you know, was sort of the crux of, of um, the idea in general. So on one side, you have your business team, the people you're working with, you know, pretty much every day to uh, help make your business a success. But on the other side, you have your market, your consumers. Um, and obviously for your business team, I'm not sure how it worked in your incubator, if you were able to choose it or not. But in the real world, like uh, unless you are um starting your own company you're you kind of have to learn to work with different people because if you join a company you don't get to control who you're working with at the company you're essentially assigned a team you have to figure out how to work with them or you're off the team so in the same way you kind of have to work with you kind of have to learn to work with multiple different people whether it be on your team or also with your consumers you don't really get to choose um who your consumers are going to be. But what you can do is you can kind of choose an overall general target market on uh, who you're planning to uh, market to, who you're planning to uh, reach out to, who you're planning to uh, specifically target in terms of those people are going to end up being the majority of people who buy your product. So if you could talk a little bit about how Comet Drone specifically figured out your guys's target market which uh ended up being like teens um i think that would be very interesting okay yeah so um we kind of figured out our target market um from the beginning uh like when we first ideated of of you know um and a stem education uh platform that sort of uh rode off the back end of, of drones so um when we were thinking about it um i'm pretty sure the person who pitched it um who threw that idea out uh was sort of you know hinting at the fact that it's especially difficult for people around his age group um because in our you know current education market uh, in our current education space uh yeah there are stem classes but none of them you know sort of look at drones they're sort of more computer oriented or um you know science oriented um but they don't really look at drones as the medium for that so um with that idea we sort of already knew that okay what we're going to be tackling here is um a, a target market of people our age and of course you know at that time and you know, still then we are teenagers, uh, we're in high school. 
And you know, we sort of knew that, okay, this, this age group was going to be our, our target market. With some more time, we sort of realized that, okay, we can make easier videos, we can make easier course lessons, um, we can make more difficult ones. So then came the idea that, okay, we can make um, a high school-based um, high school based courses um, or elementary based courses. And then, you know, maybe in the future we can do like, you know, more community college based courses um, that can sort of, you know, breach that higher end market, um, not high, well, more, you know, you know aged up market. Um, but yeah, generally, um, when we were first uh, thinking about it, that's when our target market came to mind. We really did not need to do more, um, more fleshing out for that. Um, I will speak generally though, um, as I've, I've, I've uh, spearheaded many other things. Um, the way you can find out your target market is uh, by by surveying. Um, we also did surveying, but you know we also we already knew okay our, this is what our target market would be. But uh, you know say like um, you you want to think you want to you're wondering if if teenagers is your uh, target market group. You'll send out a survey to a bunch of teenagers. Uh, if you're a teenager, you know your friends. Uh, you'll uh, or you'll, you know your friends' friends, so they're not biased. Um, you know if they'd like this product. We we sort of did that. Um, you know I texted a bunch of my friends' friends. Uh, you know if if um, our thesis would be viable for them, um, and you know most of them said yes. So you know with that sort of validation and and with that sort of um, you know data, you can you know confirm or deny if if this target market is is yours or not. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of High School Not So Much A Musical. If you liked our conversation with Kanal, you're in luck. You just listened to part one of our two-part conversation with Kanal and I. In every business, there are always going to be the bad parts. So for an interesting story over a legal intellectual property battle with the other co-founders and how exactly we addressed it, tune in next Friday for part two. Thank you for listening and see you next time. That's our show for today. Now roll the credits. High School Not So Much A Musical is hosted by Ayush Agarwal, Nitin Jaladanki, and Rishi Sinha. Narration by Samhit Kadala. Music from Louis Luang, Relaxation Cafe, Tune Pocket, and Infraction. If you like the show, please recommend it to your friends and family. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.